Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. Wow. God is so good. He's so wonderful. And now I'm really excited to continue on our Becoming series. This series is very special because we're, we're kind of going over our core values. We just collectively on staff felt like we have, our, our church family has so expanded. We have all of this online family. We've had new members come in even during this pandemic crisis. And so we wanted to kind of like, on a, on a, in a holistic way, revisit how we believe we're called to grow. Chicago Tabernacle, since the very beginning, we just wanted it to be a place of becoming. To them that believe, the Bible says, he gave them the power to become children of God. And becoming doesn't just mean that you get saved. That's the, the greatest thing that you can do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one name uh, under heaven, uh, on the earth. We can only be saved through Jesus, the son of the living God. But when Jesus saves us, we are born again and he lives inside of us, hallelujah. And then he becomes the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have life to the full the abundant life. Beyond where we find ourselves today, God wants to make our life better for his glory, for his kingdom, and he wants us to be more useful to him, more full of joy and peace that he provides for us than ever before. That is what becoming is all about. And so we started the Becoming series a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Ricky did an amazing job talking about the power of becoming. And today we're going to go on to the first core value that enables us to become. I'm really excited because um, we're going to be having guest speakers throughout this series. And next week, Pastor Simba will be bringing the Word of God, talking about today's topic which is pursue. We become as we pursue God. Becoming takes place as God's children just seek him. There are hundreds of verses in the Bible that talk about pursuing God. Today what I want to do is take an Old Testament uh, example and a New Testament explanation and put them together for the purpose of kind of unpacking the principle of pursuing God. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto thee. In other words, seeking God, brothers and sisters, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you find, where you find yourself today, seeking God is primary to being, to becoming, to growing in God, to being blessed by God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So listen, we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture, Exodus chapter 
33. And this passage is one of the most precious passages to me personally. Um, when I, I gave my heart to the Lord around 37 years ago, and when I read this story, these few verses that I'm about to read to you, it made me, it, it put a hunger and, a, and sort of like a jealousy to know God. I wanted to know God the way Moses experienced God. In a lot of ways, it sort of set the standard for me for what it means to have a relationship with God and to, and to know him. And so Exodus chapter 33, we're going to just kind of jump right into it. Let me give you a little bit of a background. So Moses, who, who had a powerful meeting with God at the burning bush, goes to Egypt, speaks to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. You know, the series of miracles uh, in, um, in terms of the plagues. And then finally, the will, the back of the Egyptian army and its king was broken. And um, they released the people and they went out into the desert to worship God. And in one of those moments, God calls Moses and even the leaders up. He says, come up to the mountain to be with me. And there's this exchange. So we're, we're kind of like zeroing in on the very special exchange between Moses and the Lord. Exodus 33, beginning with verse 12. The Bible says here, this is Moses speaking. You have said that you know me well and are pleased with me. Now, if you are, tell me your plans so that I may serve you and continue to please you. Remember also that you have chosen this nation to be your own. And the Lord said, I will go with you and I will give you victory. And Moses replied, I love this. If you do not go with us, don't make us leave this place. I hope you feel that way today. He says, how will anyone know that you are pleased with your people and with me if you do not go with us? Isn't it exciting to know, brothers and sisters, that we are children of God and we are children of his presence. God wants to be with us. He knows us. He loves us. He has a pleasure when he sees us. And he wants everyone to know that. Let me continue. Your presence with us will distinguish us from any other people on earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do just as you have asked because I know you very well and I am pleased with you. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this wonderful? Now let me talk to you from John chapter 15. In John chapter 15 where Jesus talks about our connection, our, our um, it, it's, it's our lifeline connection with Christ. Here's what he says. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. My Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit and in this way you become my disciples. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. I love you 
just as the Father loves me. This is Jesus talking to you and to me today. Could you imagine the love that the Father has for the Son? He's saying, I love you with that same love. And then it says, remain in my love. Remain in my love. God is exhorting us through this example and through this ex explanation that we pursue, that we become as we remain in his love, as we experience his pleasure, and as we connect with him. Can I encourage you, brothers and sisters? I want to encourage you, take this week and meditate on these verses. Think about them, pray about them, because all transformation in the life of a believer, all becoming really takes place as we pursue him. It's where it starts. Without this, nothing else will fall into place. You know, today is Valentine's Day, and whether you have a Valentine's like I do today, my, my honey, <laughs> you know, or maybe you, maybe you don't have someone today like that, I want to encourage you, make the Lord your Valentine. He is the lover of your soul. He, he loves you so much and he wants to provide such a fullness, such a wholeness to your life. When you seek him, you will find him. So come on, let's pray. I can't preach on anything more important than seeking the face of God. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this beautiful, Lord, such an amazing Sunday. Lord, your presence is here, God. We're celebrating the works of your hands, the, the great blessings that you provide for your children. But God, there's nothing, Lord, like knowing you. There's nothing like being connected to you, Lord. And so we want to seek you. Teach us how to seek you. Teach us how to pursue you. Lord, we're changed Lord, not by trying, not by trying to get better, not by trying to change things in our own strength. We are changed and transformed. We become simply by pursuing you. Lord, we want to draw near to you. God, would you draw near to every single person that is listening to this message? No matter where they find themselves, Lord, they could, they could be coming out of a hangover, Lord God. They could be walking out of the worst situation. But Lord, you love us and you welcome us, oh God, if we would just draw near. God, your power is able to transform us. So bless us today, oh God. Bless this word by your mighty power, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Man, this message is so special, so near and dear to my heart. I just hope I can get through it today. So here's what both of these passages are teaching us. It's, they're teaching us that, that becoming takes place as we pursue God in two basic ways. And the first way is this. Becoming takes place as we pursue for fellowship. 
When you seek God, seek God for fellowship with God. What Moses was saying there in, in Exodus 32, look at what he said. Look at the words. It says, you have said that you know me well and are pleased with me. See, many Christians, they go their whole life without recognizing simply how deeply, how powerfully, how great is the love of God for them. God loves you. He, his, his, his desire for you, his pleasure in you, he knows you and he's pleased with you. Not pleased in the sense of how you're doing, you're grading, you know, how you judge yourself. No, he just loves you because you're you, because you're his child. Look at how Jesus put it. I love you just as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. He said this knowing that they would deny him. He said this knowing that some of them would run away. He said this knowing all of the things that the disciples would do to let him down. But he still said, I love you just the same way that the Father loves me. Just remain in my love. If you want to become, pursue God to fellowship, to remain in his love because nothing will change you more. Can I tell you, my, my wife and I spent a few days away with my oldest daughter and her husband and my two oldest grandsons. And we had such a wonderful time. And man, there's, there's uh, it was really twofold. I, was, I got to watch my son-in-law and my daughter be such amazing parents. And I was just so blessed by the way they're raising the boys. And um, I just think my son-in-law is like super dad. And then being with, with the kids, you know, we just felt so much pleasure to be with them. And, you know, six-year-olds and four-year-olds, they always have naughty moments. Um, but so do 54-year-olds and 64-year-olds and 22-year-olds and 18-year-olds. And guess what? The same love that Christy and I felt for our grandsons, God feels for us times a gazillion. He loves you. He always wants you to draw near to him, to pursue him. This is so powerful. Look at what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said about this. He said, just the privilege of fellowship with God is infinitely more than anything that God could give. When he gives himself, he's giving more than anything else in the universe. Most Christians do not have fellowship with God. They have fellowship with each other about God. And I want to park here for a second because we've put so much effort and energy into fellowshipping with each other, which is fine, but it shouldn't surpass our fellowship with God. What, what's, what should be the most wonderful thing in your life is that every day, every moment, you have access to fellowship with God. Like this morning, I woke up early and I got my coffee and I, I was able to fellowship with the Lord. And it's great to talk about God with one another, but there's nothing better, sweeter, more wonderful than actually fellowshipping with God. I need to say this to you. Nothing, and I mean nothing, listen to this. Nothing will make you spiritually and emotionally healthier 
than fellowship with God. Church history bears this out, and I'm telling you right now, anyone who's really crossed over and gotten into the presence of God, it's weird because we can't see him, we don't know him, but I say this all the time. When you spend time with Jesus, you go in one way and you come out another way. And your life is blessed and your life is so full of joy. You're so, you're so excited because you have fellowshiped with God. You know why one of the, one of the reasons that fellowship with God is, is so important is that when you fellowship with God, you actually become like God. In other words, that's the way we change. We don't change by trying to force ourselves to change. We don't grow in God because we're trying to force ourselves to grow in God. It doesn't work that way. You know how we change? We change when we just spend time in his word, in his presence, in worship with him. That's what transforms us. There's this, there's this psychological, sociological term. It's the psychology of mir mirroring. And it means that by just by spending time with someone, we actually can pick up their mannerisms, their actions and character traits to duplicate them. Our brain actually has mirrored neurons, and they fire when we observe something in people. And uh, it's, it's so funny, over the years when you, you do, you perform a wedding, and then you watch a couple grow together, and all of a sudden, like I see this on staff all the time, the wife starts to sound like the husband, the husband starts to sound like the wife. Why? There's a mirroring going on because of how much time they spend together. Well, I'm telling you right now, all you have to do is spend time with Jesus, and you'll start to mirror him. How does a person get free from a drug addiction? Spend time with the Lord. How do you get free from anger? How do you get free from jealousy? How do you get free from bitterness? Get in the presence of God and just begin to worship him. I want to encourage you. I was reminded of this. Even as I was preparing this, sometimes, this doesn't always happen, but sometimes it's very, very easy to go to God with a list but not for fellowship. And when you go to God with a list, your list won't change you. But when you fellowship with God, everything will change you. I was reading in a book about this as of late. And can I tell you, um, people are telling me, people tell pastors how to pastor all the time. It's a great pastime of people to, to uh, you know, judge the sermon, to tell you what to say, to tell you what to focus on, what's the most important. And I want to tell you a little bit about what's most important to my heart today. And by the way, I'm always open to suggestions. I'm cool with that. But let me tell you what really I believe is the core to good shepherding. It's this sermon and as I was, as I was um, um, thinking about this, the fact that, look, I know this to be true. If I could, and all the other pastors, and like my wife when she opened the service saying, lift your hands and worship God. Why? Because if we could just get you to fellowship with God, to make a connection with God, 
we know that all things will be added to your life. You will become the best version of yourself. Your life will become rich and full and free if you could just connect with God. Eugene Peterson, in some of his writings, he was actually speaking to pastors. Here's what he said. He said, if we don't preach sermons like this, meaning if we don't encourage you, regardless of what happened yesterday in the news, regardless of what happened last week or in the last 30 days, regardless of what's taking place in politics, regardless of what's happening at every level with a pandemic, regardless of all of those things, if we don't focus you on the face of Jesus, on the presence of God, then something starts to happen. Let me read this quote. It's a long quote, but stick with me. Please stick with me today. This is a very, very important message today. Listen to this. He's saying the spiritual lives of our parishioners are left to the care of journalists and politicians. And I refuse in the name of Jesus, help us, Lord, help me and help every pastor not to let the journalists and the politicians be the shepherds of our congregations. Why? Because you're listening them to them more than to the word of God. Listen to this. He said, and instead of pastors entering their pulpit and nursing homes and hospitals with an imagination steeped in the visions and poetry of the prophets, we get variations of God bless America religion from one sector and angry denunciations and invectives from another one. You see, even pulpits can slip. Becoming takes place as we pursue God to fellowship with God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. You mean during a pandemic? Absolutely. You mean during a, a political crisis? Absolutely. You mean during oppression like in China? Absolutely. God is able to meet his people regardless of what's going on. Just fellowship with him. Just pursue him. Listen to this. He says, meanwhile, the ordinary Christians in our churches get no hint that this is the exact kind of world in which the gospel was formed. Sometimes we think that our days are worse than other days. They're not. Do some reading up on New Testament Christianity. Those were crazy days with crazy politicians, with immorality running amok, with all kinds of horrible things. But listen, it says, meanwhile, the ordinary Christians in our churches get no hint that this is the exact kind of world in which the gospel was formed and continues to provide adequate resources for living in hope and love. And I want to declare this to you today. No matter where you find yourself, if you will just pursue God for fellowship, there will be enough hope and love to make your days bright and full and strong and to enable you and me to walk in the victory that is found in Christ Jesus. So I wanna encourage you. Listen, I wanna get back to this whole list issue. I've done this before. I personally, it's not my nature to worry. But sometimes when I get into the presence of God, I catch myself. And you know what I've done? In the past, sometimes I start to worry out loud to God. But the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And I've actually 
caught myself and said, stop, stop. This is why worship is so important. Worship is important because that's when we, we reach out to God. And over the years, I always, I'm always looking for, for choruses that help me to connect with God, to worship God. About 20 years ago, there was a, a song I was talking to Annie, who, was leading, who is leading in worship today, helping with the team. And she was like, yeah, Dad, you used to play that song in the car endlessly. So there was a song that, that uh, went sort of like this. It said, um, like, like, like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water, could you stop for one second, like water from my heart, I pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, <laughs> I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love on you. Those times, songs like that in the presence of God have helped my walk with God more than just telling him all my troubles. And there's a place for that. Call upon him in the day of trouble. So I'm always looking. There's a new one. Just one look. Everything changes. I don't know what Moses saw when he saw Jesus. When he was on that mountain. But I want to see that face. Just one look, everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same with just one look. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Come on, lift your hands. With just one look, everything changes. Hallelujah. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. With just one look, everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same with just one love. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same with just one love. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Look, it's my heart. It's my job. My call to encourage you not just to know the principles of God's word or even the power of God's word, but the person behind the principle and the power. His name is Jesus. 
It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you and I have access to. And if we just seek him, he said, if you seek me, you'll find me. And somehow in the mystery of the interaction between you and God, in the mystery of the interaction between you and God in your kitchen, or in your, or in your bedroom, or, in, or wherever you find yourself, in the lowest valley, in a cave, in a prison cell, wherever you find yourself, there's something powerful that happens when we just reach out to the risen one and we say, I want a fellowship with you. And we hear, I know you well and I'm pleased with you. You want to change? Just fellowship with God. I need to ask you before, I got one more quick point, but I need to ask you before we go, before we move on, who is shepherding you? Who's your shepherd? I hope Fox News and CNN and some kind of blog is not your shepherd. I hope you're not being filled more with the things of this world than the things of heaven. I hope you're so full of worship and so full of the word of God is just pouring out of you. That's the way we become. That's the answer. And I'm telling you right now, if you get, here's my conviction. I do believe, I do believe that persecution is coming to America. And when persecution is coming, I'm going to tell you right now, an informed, quote, Christian will not be half as powerful as a Christian who's been fellowshipping with God day after day after day after day. Get full of the Holy Spirit. Get full of the Word of God. And you will know the Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit, even when we go before kings and courts, He will give us the words to say. That's what the Bible says. These unschooled fishermen had a wisdom that they could not stand up against. There was an, a power and an anointing that they could not stand up against. Why? Simply because they spent time with Jesus. Hallelujah. Spend time with Jesus. Just one look and everything changes. So listen, you want to become? You want to change? Start fellowshipping with God. Worship Him. Find your way. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to connect with Him. All on your own. Pursue God. Worship Him. Read your word. When you seek him, you'll find him. Now, very quickly, this, this passage is so powerful, and I want to I wanna finish it out. We won't be long. But becoming also takes place as we pursue God to be led. When you become a child of God, it's like it's not your life, it's his life. The best life is when it's not your life, it's when it's his life. And you say, Lord, I just want to do whatever you want me to do. My time, my energy, my body, my giftings, it's all for you. Look at what Moses said. I love this. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. In the Good News translation, it says, teach me your plans. Just show me, Lord. 
Show me what you want to do with my day. Show me who to date. Show me what career to pursue. Show me what you want me to do with the gifts that you've given me, with my finances, with everything. Show me. I just, as for me and my house, we want to serve the Lord. Show me, Lord, how my family can serve you. Your life will be so supernaturally visited by the power of God. See, in the will of God is the power and the provision of God. But there's something about that that literally changes you. It changes your faith. It builds your strength. It builds your heart. Everything about us is supernaturally transformed. Corey Ten Boom was in concentration camps, and here's what she said. She said the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. It doesn't mean that there's going to be this, this perfect, easy life. Sometimes the life of the child of God is difficult. There's hard valleys to walk through. But even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't understand what it really means when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be right there. Just say, Lord, lead me. Let my days, let my life, let my mind, let my thoughts belong to you and be led by you. Listen to what Watchman Nee said. Watchman Nee said, good is not always God's will, but God's will is always good. Hallelujah. That goes into the face of everything that people might be teaching today. All, look, if, if uh, you're a person who battles with independence, I don't care if you're 85 years old or if you're 15 years old or 25 years old, independence has become one of the marks of our time. Can I tell you something? Give it up. Give it up. Forget about being independent. Become totally dependent on Jesus. His way, his will, let him choose. Didn't Jesus say, I can only do what the Father shows me? I have to do the works of the Father. Night is coming when no man can work. I can only say what the Father tells me to say. It's the best life. It's the most transforming life. It's the richest life. So here I want to close with this. We become when we yield. Okay? You see this yield sign? It's not a stop sign. See, some people want God to control them. He's not going to control you. He's not going to say stop, so to speak. He's not going to turn you into a robot. You're his child. When we see this sign, we yield for the other car, but I'm not talking about yielding for somebody else. I'm talking about yielding for God. And when you yield and when you say, Lord, if I had my way, and all of us could say this, my life would I would be pursuing this career. I don't know that I would be in the ministry if I had my way when I met God 37 years ago. But it doesn't matter. It's like God says, do you believe that my way is the best way? And we're here to say, yes, Lord. Let's pursue God for fellowship. You want to become, you want to be changed? I'm telling you, just this week, you'll see the difference when you fellowship with God. Pursue God and say, God, show me what you want me to do with my time, my energy, my resources. And he will lead you. And he will speak to you. Come on.
The Spirit of the Lord is with you right now. Well, lift your hands. Think about God looking down from his mighty throne and seeing the hands of his children, the hearts of his children rising up and saying, Lord, I just want to see your face. I just want to worship you. I just want to fellowship with you. All I want is to be with you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus.